Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Backup Stories, Episode 9. My name is Justin Townsend. As always, I'm here with my very good friend, Mr. Rob Neumeyer. How you doing? It's been another week, Rob. Another week has come and gone. Uh, lots of comic books were released, which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the big news from last week was that tickets went on sale for NYCC, New York Comic Con, and it was a disaster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you thought last year was, was bad, this year was like four times as worse. I know, well, before I talk to you, I only know one person that was able to get tickets and like between customers and everyone. And then you had mentioned Andy also managed to, to get, get tickets. tickets. Yeah. Um, I think it's horrendous. It's really bad. Um, you know, going to these conventions is getting harder and harder and harder. I mean, the video game conventions uh, that we go to like PAX, um, it's nearly impossible to get the tickets for those, uh, you know, to combat ticket scalping, what they do for PAX is they just put the tickets, the tickets up for sale without warning. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's always been my dream to go to Seattle, to go to PAX prime. And it just so happens, like, I don't think I told you this, but like two weeks ago, uh, they went on sale randomly on Twitter as usual. Like they announced like tickets are on sale now. And I saw it 44 seconds after it went up on sale. Uh, and uh, I got in the queue line immediately. Now I don't even think I can go this year, but I wanted to see like, all right, I saw this 44 seconds after it went up. What are the tickets going to look like? And then in the back of my mind, I'm like debating like, well, I've never, I, I, I may not ever get this chance. If I get them, should I just uh -huh. buy them and may like figure out a way to go? So after waiting in the queue line for like eight or nine minutes, it brought me to the page where I could buy tickets and all of the three day, four day pass, all, all of those were sold out and it was only single day tickets available. Uh -huh. And I debated it, but with uh, the baby on the way, I, I, I couldn't go. No, so. that's understandable. But how do you like, do you have notifications turned on? So they come to your phone or Nothing. did you just happen I to be looking? To, I just happened to be looking. What are the odds? That's the thing is they're really small. And we got to go to PAX East this year. Yeah. Same thing. I just happened to be on Twitter and updated the page. And it was like PAX East tickets are now on sale 16 seconds after I, uh, after that tweet went out, I was able to get into the queue line and then get the tickets for us. That's if you have some weird second sense. I could know because the year before, uh, we were planning on going to PAX prime and I missed it by 16 minutes. Oh. And by that time it, the convention was completely sold out and the secondary market was selling them for like two, 300% markups. And it was like, there's, there's no way. Uh, but Comic-Con doesn't do that. It doesn't let the tickets, uh, just go out randomly. There's a date that it's set and it's like tickets will go on sale on this day. But this year it was different. In years past, they've uh, rolled them out in waves uh -huh. where it was VIP tickets are on sale first. And then like a couple of days later, it was like, oh, if you want the four day tickets or the three day tickets, they go on sale and then single day tickets went on sale. But it seems like this year they just rolled everything out at one time. Yeah. Cause I think doing out and doing it in waves, <clears throat> um, the scalpers get more that way technically because yeah. you know they're waiting they're like okay i can do four days get as many as i want now you know <clears throat> but it still seems like they got them all anyway it's awful and you saw something online uh an article today i guess one of the heads of comic con was trying to get out in front of this mess yeah yeah they, they released a statement apologizing saying that traffic was tenfold compared to 2014 and that they're gonna try and like 
counteract any of the scalper buys by cross-checking names and credit cards with different, you know, eBay accounts and uh, like StubHub and void those tickets. Now, can you imagine buying a secondary ticket? You know, like <clears throat> I know people who this is their one vacation every year. Yeah. They, they come to New York, they spend the weekend in the city and, you know, they go to Comic-Con. Um, like Ryan and his dad, uh, they they make it their their trip every year, and to to miss it for them is is big. So they've had to buy scalper tickets before. Yeah, but can you imagine just buying it and getting to the door and then being like, "Nope, see you later." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they'll possibly do that. It, it that seems like such an extreme measure. Like they've already gone. They, they said that they've been going down. And pulling, putting on takedown notices uh -huh. for people who are selling them on like StubHub or eBay, and like I, I absolutely hate those people. You know, I get the fact that you want to make money and stuff, but it's just like it's just wrong when so many people want to go to this thing, and that you are taking somebody's joy away so that way you can make a couple hundred bucks on a set of tickets. It's just like frustrating that that type of stuff happens. I mean, it happens for everything: sporting events, concerts, you know. But this is just Comic Con's gotten to the to the point now where it's just so big that, you know, it's gotten the attention of all these people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And like, there is no answer to what, what do they do to alleviate the problem? No. Uh, I mean, other than finding an, a huge place, but, but yeah. there is nowhere. Yeah. In a city and, the like thing, that. and the thing is, uh, you know, the, the best way to do it would be to cross check names as you come in. Like, you pick up your tickets at a at a counter, and they have hundreds of counters set up for when people come. And then that way, you show them your ID, and that you get handed the ticket. Uh -huh. That is the only way to do it. And uh, the guys at PAX have mentioned that before. Like this is the like the best way to do it, but it is also going to chew up time for. People. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lines are long enough already. Yeah. So and like even when I do go and pick up tickets. They, I've never ever in four or five years had ID checked. Yeah. I mean, the only way to possibly do that would be like a week out of the show. Be like, um, you can come to the Javits Center and have people stationed there a week out and be like, if you wanted to pick up your tickets a week in advance, so that way the day of the show, you don't have to worry about it. That would be the only thing. But I mean, then you're- Yeah, but then people could sell them within the week. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's no answers. There's no solutions. It'll continue to be like this. Yeah. I'm excited for the con, uh, uh -huh. but it is so far away. It seems it's still like over a hundred days away. So, yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy yeah. We got crazy four or five days. Meeting up with some people we haven't met before, some listeners of the show, some friends, and uh, if any of you guys are going to the con and you want to meet up and say hello, possibly grab a beer, you know, send us a message on Twitter and uh, we'll try and we'll try and meet up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Yes. All right, let's get right into books. Let's get let's get right to it. Uh, so another good week for books. Uh, I feel that Marvel and DC um, really knocked it out of the park this week with the events. Definitely. And uh, let's start with Secret Wars number two. So last week uh, we mentioned that on the show that neither Rob or I had any idea of what was going to be coming in Secret Wars number two. It was uh -huh. kind of a complete guesses and speculation. Uh -huh. and, and again. Just spoilers. Spoilers. We're gonna say it. Yep. You're <laughs> the one that always remembers. I always forget. Uh huh. Uh. So that's right, Ross. Spoilers from here on out. So 
what do you think of Secret Wars number two? I, to me, it feels like it is like an epic what if story. Yes. Um, okay. You know, just like this this new amazing fantasy world with people in power that shouldn't be in power uh, and people interacting with each other that normally don't interact. You know, stuff like that always gets my juices going. All right, so like, let's break this down again. Uh, okay. So you open the, the cover and uh, I'm getting into the first part here. Well, well it starts off with, with a almost like an Excalibur type situation where they just have lines of people uh, trying to see if they could lift uh, Thor's hammer. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's fast, you know, fascinating. You kind of throw in a couple of different lures together to, to see who the worthy one is. Yeah, and, I didn't even think about the, uh, <clears throat> like the sword, uh, sword in the stone comparison there, but it's right on. Correct. Yeah. And, and basically that's a recruitment for, the Thor core. Yeah. Which, uh, so I'm trying to think of like the right way to go about this. So like the, the two universes collide, everything uh -huh. is seemingly wiped out. And the first thing that we see here is this guy trying to lift up a hammer. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, what is going on? Like, what am I looking at here? And so the one, the one man is able to lift up the hammer and I'm like, Oh cool. He's Thor. And then I look and I'm like, Oh no, there's a, there's another Thor here. And then, uh, I like what the like the lead Thor here says. Uh, they all have different names. Your name, uh, you will name yours, but they all serve the same purpose. They're talking about the hammers, and then it's a whole bunch of Thors just lifting up the hammer, saying justice. Uh -huh. So like the Thors are the police force of this interesting new world. But it's interesting that they chose to start here, and we're like, okay, but where is this? What what's going on here? Uh -huh. Well, I I like kind of how they did it because you know this guy is being introduced to the thor core and then you're almost seeing the inner workings of how how everything is set up through his eyes like yeah. you're introduced to the first set of barons and barons uh there's a baron for each part of battle world yeah so we're you gonna, know we're gonna break that down yeah uh, but i thought it was really cool um the lead Thor says to this new one, uh, now you'll bend your knee, brother, for God is watching. And then it zooms out, and there's a giant doom mask looking down on them. And then you flip the page, and uh, it says God Emperor Doom, which is, I was like, okay, what's going on? What's, what, what's happening here? And so you're right. They use this new Thor as a like a gateway for the readers. They're like, well, now, boy, come tell us, tell us all the story you know. And so now he's filling us in on the workings of whatever this world is, like all these different things smashed together and, and creating this 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 thing called Battle World. Uh, so it, there's a lot of him just flying around, recounting the story, catching us up to speed, which I thought was good. Uh -huh. I'd rather see that than like in the beginning of the issue, have a recap page like since the last issue, this is where you now are, because like. You're taking it in panel by panel, and every sentence or paragraph that's said here, you're seeing what's going on. Exactly. Uh, so we run into the kingdom of Utopolis, uh, and we get our first uh, first look, kind of at like the future foundation of what's going on with them in this world. Uh huh. Uh, and it looks like they, uh, you know, they they find some some 
Oh, they, they jump through water, like into this water, and then they come out the other side. Yeah, it's almost like a, 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 like a mirror. A flip world, yeah. yeah. There's something on the other side of Battle World. So they flip it around, and they really they, they, they think they find something, and we see that they find the Lifecraft uh, from, you know, the, the Lifecraft trying to escape the 616 and 1610 worlds, you know, smashing into each other. So more stuff, like more just cr starts craziness starts happening. So we know that the Thors are the police force. And so this older Thor is taking this younger Thor uh, for like his first assignment. Uh -huh. Like, you know, veteran cop taking the rookie cop to go, you know, go make their first arrests. Yeah. So it was, uh, and I love the Baron system. I think that's really cool because yeah. you're going to start to see characters um, that, who are power hungry already yes. so truly being control of of their own little city or p part of a world i guess you could say um and just seeing how they abuse their power like the, the whole mr sinister thing is is hilarious yeah so sinister is a baron he resides at bar sinister and um you know there's accusations that have been made against him so the thors are coming to arrest him and they're their trial system is like you get tried and, and your punishment is doled out on the same day. Uh, it's this whole thing screams Game of Thrones to me, and I've heard mm -hmm. a lot of people make that comparison. That and even like Judge Dredd almost. Yeah, that makes sense as well. Um, I was just thinking Game of Thrones because like, I well I haven't actually seen Dredd, but I, I know the basic concept of it. Um, but I was just thinking be between all the lands broken down, the king. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then all the barons who are, you know, fighting for power and things like that. It, it reminded me of that. Um, so we skip forward a bit, and we, we, we first get our uh, our view of Doom sitting on what looks like the world tree. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Nice. Um, Stephen Strange is the sheriff of Amagato, which is just hysterical. Um, we see the, the, the Captain Britain, uh, like the Captain Britain's here, and... Uh, there's a lot of back and forth and like a little bit of writing here uh, where, you know, there's accusations made and now they want it. Uh, Sinister wants to have a trial of combat. And so they, they go through with that and it's all really, really cool. Um, Sinister is not what you expect him to be in, in the, the combat. Um, he actually gets his head lopped off and then that doesn't actually defeat him. And right when it looks like he's going to defeat, it's Brian, right? Yes. Um, uh, Doom stops him and... Uh, goes forward of you know talking about um i care little for your petty disagreements uh so basically one of them has been charged with trying to like overtake doom yeah and uh he knows about it and um brian what's the other brother's name here i forget uh let's see hmm. the i other, find the it... other captain britain uh-huh i just jumping off to something quick on this page and most of the pages though the, the whole sue with with doom thing yeah is so Zoom is sitting <laughs> at doom side uh -huh. uh and because uh, that that's all he well that's one of the things that he always wanted was was sue and and here he gets her uh, -huh. uh basically he decides to just execute all of the captain britain um house we're just gonna call them houses and uh sue says like no victor mercy and then he chooses just to execute the one uh, and the means of execution at the end is amazing um 
he says you get the shield and we'll explain what that means in a minute uh valeria doing valeria things uh-huh. in charge of the future foundation they she knows about the craft exactly and and i i absolutely love that it's like they find the craft and it's it's like well if this craft existed before yeah before what we have here then doom doom is a false prophet doom's yeah. lying to us and they 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 use carbon dating um to to figure out that this this craft has been here for way too long and that it's going to rewrite everything we know about this history because none of them remember what happened before they don't they don't recognize the fact that the incursions happen like this world is their entire universe and it's all they know uh -huh. yeah and, and we don't even know how long they they've been at yeah, this for we don't know at all you're right uh i love the, the use of galactus here galactus is just standing outside castle doom and uh franklin is just sitting there in his hands it's uh, his galactus yeah. yeah and no no nothing it's just a just just an image there they don't explain what's going on with galactus just showing that hey franklin's got galactus just standing here watching guard uh, so now we get to the uh, the really cool part of the issue to me, and the, the part that got me the really exile? excited. The exile. Uh -huh. uh, so the shield is 250, 250 feet tall and 16,000 miles long, each built by God Doom's own hands. And then it says a good a good place as any man, as any for a man to die. And then so you see this Captain Britain jumping off the shield over into what we find out is called the deadlands and uh the deadlands is i guess where it's kind of like game of thrones it's the wall in the north this is the wall in the south and it keeps out all of the things from entering into these kingdoms uh -huh. uh, the zombies the zombie horde the annihilation wave the ultron ai um and then you know it says that you know the captain britain fought for a while but he was eventually overtaken and they don't they don't show it but they go into it i'm sure that'll pop up in yeah like one uh, of the side stories the sheriff so sheriff strange sends the thors to go quarantine this uh the life craft not knowing what it is you know they don't want to bring attention to it at all they want to quarantine it and eventually destroy it so they go to go do that and uh <laughs> they accidentally open it up so you're like oh they're opening it up like okay you know this is, we're gonna see reed and and tachilla and you know all all of the marvel heroes and instead there's a giant spear that's thrown out that impales both of these these thors which is something because thors are supposed to be very powerful mm -hmm. and uh you find <clears throat> out that it's it's the cabal and uh you're like well wait a second they didn't they didn't have a life raft they didn't know anything about that uh, -huh. uh well yeah and that that's what i was kind of thinking it's like that life raft is huge there are different there has to be different compartments and stuff so i'm sure other people got on there somehow but they actually said um ultimate reed comes out and he's like we're not on not on our earth not any planet in our native galaxy but we're alive so the design you stole worked so okay, it yeah. looks like he's talking to maximus so uh -huh. maximus must have went and you know and we'll probably see this at some point you know stole reed's design for the lifecraft so they must reed must have built one in secret and then got on it and so now there's probably two lifecrafts that went out that's, you think because that almost guess. looks like the the same position that the last one was left in i don't know but I, i'm just going off of okay the design you stole worked uh-huh um it says, I've also accessed the RAF's diagnosis. The compression of all space-time might have led to some kind of external distortion, 
while we were in stasis, but something is very wrong with these readings. So we don't know how long they've been in stasis, long enough for this world to have advanced to the part where they recognize carbon dating. Um, and so they actually find one of the mole, is it like one of the mole men? And uh, uh, Thanos says, perhaps he, can, uh, perhaps he can tell me, creature, where are we? Um, Thanos wants a name and he goes, this place? The highborn call it Latvirion. Believers call it God's kingdom, but everyone else, we common folk, call it something else. We call it Battle World. Um, I thought this was really great. This part right here, where it's like Battle World, but the only thing that turns me off is like right next to the Battle World reveal is advertisements for upcoming Marvel books. Like I wish they would have just went with a white page here and then like across both wrote Battle World. It was kind of a little bit of the the oomph was taken out of it by like me seeing renew your vows and little Marvel AVX right on the opposite side page. Uh -huh. No, that makes sense. Uh, and then we get the whole map of what this world looks like. Now this image has been out there for a while. Uh, you know, they've been going, showing this image just, and they've had interactive maps here uh, for at least a couple of months where you could click on and learn about all of the different lands here. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we have, you know, and they, they give you, they give you a reading of everything right on the left-hand side, but you can see down here is this line where it's the shield. And then this would be the Deadlands down here with, you know, the Ultron AI and the zombie world. And that whole bit got me kind of excited for everything that's going to be coming with all these other books. Uh -huh. Um, what I thought was pretty strange was down here on the left-hand side, there is a little chunk of rock that's like floating off and number 20, I don't know where it is on the map here. Oh, there's 20 is Manhattan. And then Manhattan is actually broken down into four parts. A is a Tillin. B is Manhattan of the earth 616 universe. Oh, that's C cool. C is Manhattan of 1610. Uh -huh. And D is monster metropolis, which is below Manhattan earth 616. So uh -huh. that means there are there is in this world buried underneath level whatever part 20 is Manhattan is remnants of the two universes stacked on top of each other which I wasn't expecting and uh -huh. I'm sure that we're eventually going to make our way over there but yeah it's there yeah I like that because I mean technically the whole Attilan thing um in amazing spider-man and it crossed over into a bunch of bunch of it the whole atlantis attacks do you remember that whole submariner story when uh yes when they were trying to take over like all the major cities and yeah, stuff I, okay i remember that that's probably what that that's kind of kind of based off of so, i love oh, i love it yeah so like i reading this now this whole this whole battle world thing makes a, a bunch of sense to me because this is this is the world and they've set it up in a way where it's like okay these are all these different lands now we know that there is a mess of books that are coming that are taking place inside of this world that has been created. I mean, Rob's going to go over the list of like everything that's been announced so far. It'll probably take like two minutes or so just to read through it all. And then we'll pick like one or two that we're really looking forward to. Okay. So we'll start off then. Uh, kind of broken down. So the battle, t battle world titles that'll affect the main storyline. Uh, Secret Wars, Ultimate End. Uh, Inhumans, Attilan Rising, Secret Wars Battle World, Secret Wars Master of Kung Fu, and this is my favorite, like, play on word, <laughs> Secret Wars Journal. 
So that's like the Punisher War Journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, then you have Ghost Racers, Thor's, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies, Star-Lord and Kitty Pride, Marvel Zombies, Runaways, uh, the Korvac Saga. Uh, there's a Red Skull and a Siege. Uh, these are one-shots. This one is at least. Secret Wars, Secret Love. And now these are Warzone titles. It's side story slash new world building. This is kind of what they're going to base, whatever the new Marvel yeah. Universal will turn into. Well, is that what they're doing? Or are they really just focusing in on the Warzone, like this is what's happening in that battle world thing? It's going to be setting up stuff for... It's also setting up stuff for the new universe. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Secret Wars 2099. Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars. A-Force. Which is what everyone's excited about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where Monsters Dwell. Modoc Assassin. Uh, Inferno. Spider-Verse. Planet Hulk. Old Man Logan. Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, X-Men 92 is that's going to be one of the digital firsts and then later on they'll do a print version uh we have extinction agenda weird world future imperfect e for extinction guardians of nowhere mrs deadpool and the helen commandos giant size little marvel avx uh captain marvel and the carol corps squadron sinister years of future past Armor Wars, X-Men 92 is listed twice, huh? Yeah. Okay, oh well. Uh, 1602 Witch Hunter Angela, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows. And we have 1872, Age of Apocalypse, Civil War, Hail Hydra, Captain Britain and the Mighty Defenders, Spider Island, uh, House of M, Hank Johnson, Agent of Hydra, and Howard the Human. Now that is quite a few books. Yeah. Um, what like right off the bat? What's your Old Man Logan? Old Man, really? Yeah, I really loved that Old Man Logan run uh, mm -hmm. by Mark Miller, uh, and I've always wanted the sequel to it. So any other story that I can get set in that universe, I'm really excited about. Okay. Uh, for me, like Runaways. Yeah, and that's like. No, it's not the actual team of Runaways, right? No, it's no, there, there are new, like, Valeria is there. Yeah. Uh, you have a younger version of Bucky. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that. yeah. So it's going to be, you know, young, younger Marvel characters, obviously, but newer versions of some people who, who have de-aged or just different versions of them. Uh, 1872 sounds cool. Um as well i mean we're both big spider-man fans so uh, whatever happens Spidey, sure. with uh renew your vows um or even even the spider island like spider island was such a weird cool little yeah. you know contained in manhattan story um it would be awesome to to revisit that and just see everyone infected with the spider powers again uh same thing for planet hulk like i thought planet hulk was a, was a great storyline and to like go back and, and re-look at that I mean, it's just so wild that they're doing this. And, you know, 
we're going to talk about convergence in a minute, but like it, it's kind of got the same vibe as convergence, but then it's kind of different in a completely other way. Um, but I think that this issue too was much easier for people to get into because everybody was confused coming into it. There, what, there was no, um, what's the word that I'm looking for here? Um, you didn't need any previous knowledge. You just need to know the two universes smack into each other and that everybody everybody who opened this issue had no idea really what, what to expect from the first page. And for that way, I think that it was more accessible. And from what I read, Hickman wanted this issue to be issue one. Really? Because so I, I was just about to ask you, do you think it should have been an issue zero, issue one thing? or I think it should have uh, been issue zero, issue one. That makes more sense. Um, or should it have just been an Avengers the next number of Avengers, which was what, 45? Yeah. I should it have been a 45 and then a one. They could have also went with free comic book day. They could have put out that last issue of, or Secret Wars number one as the free comic book day issue where everybody could have gotten their hands on it and read it for free and yeah, then started that's... Secret Wars with this. But then you're giving away, you know, they're giving away a lot, I realize. Yeah, because but... they sold that many for $5 a piece anyway. I know. It's not like they're hurting for the money though. Well, um, well either way, you know, um, I think that this is a, you know, if you skipped one and it was like way too much, I'd say jump into two uh, because, hey, you can be confused with the rest of us. And uh, I liked it. Like it, it got me pumped up for this event in a big way. Yeah. Like I said, being such a big fan of the what if and the old Elseworld stories, it's 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 cool. I can't wait. Yeah. So let's talk about convergence. OK, um, we didn't talk about convergence for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I feel this was the best issue of it by far. And you said that uh, because because it's not just the Earth Two characters. Like they bring in the actual New Fifty Two characters, and that's what this needed the whole time. Yes, this needed different versions of Superman. Um, we have this is not actually the pre Fifty Two version of Superman because this Superman is running. Uh, no, that's the Earth Two Superman. This one. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. my bad. Uh, I thought you were pointing about having to get back to his wife and son. Yeah. So this is a different version, but I mean, it makes it, it, it at least feels better because he's wearing the, you know, he's wearing the tights. He's he's got the red underwear. Like you realize, like oh, Superman. Okay, he's got a wife and kid. This Even person. the way he talks throughout the issue, like he gives hope. Yeah. Like when it's he's talking Superman. to, yeah, exactly. And this is what this issue needed was that they get those characters, like you know. I don't really know the Earth 2 characters, but like I'm beginning to see things here that I'm starting to recognize. Even if I don't recognize the characters, I'm recognizing the theme of the characters. Uh -huh. um, there's a really great scene here where this version of Superman actually talks to the Earth 2 version of Grace, of Dick Grayson. That was, yeah, that was like the defining scene in the book. Um, and uh, I'm going to do, I'm actually just going to read this page because it, it pretty much highlights everything that, uh, we're talking about here so everyone has a mission that they're going to go do they're going to look for all the other versions of themselves so the flashes are going to go try and ground like the flash is going to go try and round up all the different flashes and uh -huh. so on and so forth so everyone leaves except for superman and dick and dick asks superman why aren't you going anywhere because i need to talk to you to me why because you might be the most important player in all of this that's right. That's a joke. I don't have any powers. I'm just, and he says, it's not about your powers, Dick. It's about your perspective. I've been listening to everything on this planet since we got here. I've heard every conversation you've had with Telos. We're going to need his help. 
and I believe that you're the only one that can get it. I leave that up to you. Wait, how? What am I supposed to say? If you're anything like the Dick Grayson I know, I trust you'll figure it out. Uh -huh. And it's just Superman being, you know, looking, you know, about to fly away, but looking at Dick as an equal and being like, look, I know you don't have powers, but if you're like the man that I know, you're going to get this done. And he's like giving Dick that hope. And, you know, Dick is looking up at the end. I thought it was just like a really beautiful image there. And I, first of all, I really like that costume. Yes. Where he has the bat symbol on and he's looking up and he's like, all right, I'm going to go do this. And so he goes and talks to tell us. Um, we get to meet Barry Allen. I mean, we have the Earth 2 Flash running into everybody. And then there's Barry there. There's like a little bit of humor and hope. He runs into Superboy. And so... Yeah, he's just trying to to round up everyone that everyone possible. Yeah, um, and so they get they get all the heroes together, which is just amazing. Like this is what I wanted this event to be, is all of the different versions of the heroes meeting up. We got old versions of Batman and Superman, Green Lantern, the Hook, Aquaman. I mean, it's great. And so now the, the end of this issue actually brings the real conflict into play i'm trying to think if there was another event that was like this where it was kind of like a misdirection in the beginning you're like oh all these worlds are going to be fighting but in the end it's really not all the worlds that are going to be fighting for their survival it's like there's two distinct groups that are going to be fighting here and i thought that was really good so you're a little bit more familiar with this character than i am um what was his name it was demios yes uh so he goes and rounds up all of the alternate versions of the characters who might not always be on the side of good and truth and justice and uh -huh. all that jazz. Uh, and now these two sets are going to be fighting it out. So Telios is actually getting together all the heroes and uh, Damios or however you say his name is getting up all the villains. Um, so that, I mean, now these people are going to be fighting it out for survival. So now it's like the stage is set. Like, uh -huh. I feel like the stage was, like, in constant motion for the first, how many issues is this up to now? That's six. Six, and it's eight, right? Yes. I would have liked to have seen, I mean, I guess a little bit of that, I guess, world building for this event in the first five issues be shortened down a bit and into, like, maybe three. And then have, like, because it feels like now we've got two issues left. And I feel like, all right, now we're at the point where everything's coming into yeah. play. Like, I, I had already said that the first three issues should have been one issue. One issue, yeah. Like that, that was hands down. But could you imagine, like, if this wasn't a weekly, if this was coming up monthly, oh, how Lord. how dragged out this would be? Yeah. I'm excited now for this. Like, I, I'm excited to pick up the next issue and see where this goes. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting uh, with, I guess, the villains group. We have uh, these two characters here, which I did not expect to see. We have uh, oh, what was that? What was that event called? Not not justice. Um, oh, it's on my shelf. The Alex Ross drawn one. The Kingdom Kingdom Come. Uh -huh. Those are the Kingdom Come versions of Superman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I didn't expect them to see them in the same group as you know Flashpoint Wonder Woman or Flashpoint Aquaman or Deathstroke Lex Luthor. It's just a little bit strange to see them there. Uh -huh. I'm sure people will have changes of hearts, change sides, yeah. that kind of thing. You I never mean, there's know. There's Ultra, there's Ultraman there. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm the, I got reinvigorated for this series. Like, I was really close to dropping it and just being like, hey, this, this is for me. I really don't know these characters, and I'll just pick up DC after we, you know, after this ends. But reading this, I, I thought this, they, they, they turned around the event in a huge way in this issue. Good. 
And, and they uh, needed to. Yeah, they needed to. And very quickly, um, Rob and I were talking right before the show started. You know, they're they're showing previews for what's happening after the event. And like with Secret Wars, there's the you know we've gone down the whole list of books that are coming. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, or even a couple of months ago now, DC started listing some of the books that are going to be taking place after this ends. And we know that Superman is getting a new writer. But I thought it was really cool. This week, Kotaku had an article. Um, talking about what's going to happen to Superman after after this event. And we, we saw the images. Um, it was from Action Comics. So Superman, I mean, everyone knows he's going to be running around in a jean and T-shirt. And uh, it's been slipped or uh, leaked uh, that his identity is going to be exposed to the world by Lois Lane. So everyone's going to know Superman as Clark Kent. Yeah, I mean, that that they show that in the free comic yeah, book. Yeah, free thing comic anyway. day thing, that's right. Uh, but we nobody really understood like why is Superman running around in a jeans and t-shirt? And so there was a preview from Action Comics where he is not completely depowered, but he does not have his full set of powers. He's actually riding a snowmobile to get to the fortress. And we don't know why he's in such a hurry to get there, but um he's you know thinking to himself how cold it is and how he had never had to worry about this stuff before. Uh he gets to the fortress, and the fortress thinks that because he's not fully powered that it's an imposter wearing superman's costume and it actually like strips the costume off of him uh -huh. and he's like holding on to the cape as it's being pulled into the fortress and like his hands are bleeding no. yeah. yeah uh that was cool i think superman is the book that i'm looking most forward to now like i'm really interested to see where they go with this it, it'll be cool because you know that that's one of the things and we've talked about there being only a handful of really good superman stories that have like blown me away at least yeah because he is he's like he's overpowered there's you know it's, it's hard it's hard to write a god like you know superman is, for all intents and purposes is a god walking among men so how do you make a god interesting uh you know they've tried to come up with ways to make you know villains more powerful than he is but you know in the end of the day you know superman's always going to win but as far as i know this is the first time they've ever taken the character and done something like this where you know, his identity has been exposed to the world. Like, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into like, you know, Civil War, Spider-Man, you know, revealing that he's Peter Parker territory. Like, uh -huh. That's never happened. And, you know, Peter did that intentionally. It doesn't look like this is going to be, you know, Clark's decision that his identity is revealed. But it adds like a different layer onto the character and I think makes it more interesting. If it, Is it going to last? Who knows? Probably not. Well, that's the thing. that That's the only thing that kind of takes most of it out for me is like, you know it's not going to last just yeah. for the fact that with the movies coming out and, you know. But for me, it's like I, I view character deaths in comics the same way. Oh, I know. I know. It's I've... not going to last, but you know what? In the meantime, we might get like a cool story out of it. Yeah, and I'll 100% take that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that looks really good. And, and with Convergence now picking up steam, like I'm excited to pick it up. I'm excited to see what DC has planned. Yay. Let's jump into an image book, uh, book we don't really talk that much about. It's the walking dead. Um, you had this in your pile. So why did you want to bring it out? Uh, because with, <laughs> with the return of Negan and his sharp tongue, uh, it, he makes me laugh. Like with with how dirty he talks and how disgusting of a human being he is, um, it's just so interesting to see how Rick reacts to him. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, you know the cover issue is uh, since issue um, 
127. That was the time jump. Yeah, that was the time jump forward two years. So at the end of it, 126, Rick and his band of survivors defeat Negan, and uh, you know Rick wants wants to kill him, but decides like no, like if we're gonna rebuild society, we can't do that. Like we can't be barbaric. We have to go back to the way things were. Like there's a justice system. We're going to improve. We're going to put him in jail, and so they create a jail to put him in. And I actually looked it up a bit and talk about it. So we see uh, somebody left his his door open, and now this guy, for the first time in two years, is able to leave his cell. What was interesting was he doesn't. Nope. He stays there and has a conversation with Rick, where he wants to build up trust with Rick. And uh, you know, we we talked about the time jump forward. There's three groups of survivors now who are technically working together as a community that's uh-huh. spread out. You know, we have Rick leading his group of survivors, his community. We have Maggie leading um, the Hilltop, uh, those survivors. And then we have one of the players from Nagon's group um, who's reformed leading where Nagon used to live. Yep. And uh, I mean, The Walking Dead is so interesting because it's just great characters. Like, I don't care about the zombies. I don't care about the violence. I don't care about anything. Like, after 140 issues, some of these characters are so real. Like, I just want to see them interact day to day. Yeah. So a lot of this is just political play. Uh, th- this issue especially? Sure. Um, but at the end, we find out that in The Walking Dead, you know, it's only so long before the cracks start to form. And um, while Rick believes in justice and, you know, not killing people who do us wrong mm-hmm. uh, over at the hilltop in the last couple of issues, <laughs> somebody make it a play on Maggie's life. And uh, the issue ends with her hanging the guy. Yeah. So there's a definite difference in um, uh, ideas on how to handle things. And like, for me, that's like the first sign of like the crack beginning to form. It is because Mag- Maggie had been against it for, for quite a long time. Yeah, and, um, she's and feeling f- the pressure of being the leader. Yeah. And she needs those, you know, if you make a play on her life, you know, she feels like this, this needs to be done. And I don't think that there's a right or wrong answer for this. Like, I don't think that Rick is right or Maggie is right. Like both have their points, uh-huh. uh, but it's going to be with the difference of opinion there. It's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. So we had like relative peace for, I don't know, 127 to 140, you know, 13 well, issues or so. Yeah. Like relative. Exactly. You had the, the whisperers and stuff, but yeah. still. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see moving forward what happens here. Uh, and I, it's actually, the issue is actually uh, titled Opportunity, which I don't remember <laughs> them doing before. I don't remember them putting. Yeah, they're, they're up there all the time. Really? Sure. Maybe the digital version, I just don't pay attention to it because oh, it's yeah, one they're the ones I read digital because that's where I have all the other ones. Yeah, they're, they're always on the cover like that. So that was Nagan's Opportunity and we'll see, uh, we'll see what comes from that. I didn't know this book came out this week until just now. Uh, new image title, uh, Mythic. I wonder how many people are going to get that tattoo. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How to explain Mythic. Uh, let's see. So you have a, a team, I guess, on Earth whose job it is is to stop extreme cases of magic from, from harming the world works that works yeah uh-huh so it's a mix between i would say like fables and ghostbusters and that's a yeah that works really well those two things together uh-huh um and a, a lot of those things have been 
I guess you could say done in comics. Uh, yeah. You know, everyone has read about that kind of stuff. This is just a really good fresh start on it. Um, I think the art is absolutely beautiful. Who's the artist on this book? Uh, John McRae. Reminds me a lot of Sean Murphy. Like it does. That's the way that I, I when I was reading this, I felt like I was reading parts of the wake. Uh huh. Yeah. No. It it has it has that kind of like blacks inside of of the color. Um, Character models were very similar. I, I it's a gorgeous looking book. Correct. Yeah. Um. But the the real winner of of it is definitely the the text, the words that the characters speaking. They, oh, especially they, especially this part right here <clears throat> where they're kind of explaining how science sees the world and how the world really is. Okay. Yeah. Like for example, this is one of the characters. Uh, for example, we're told the sun tracking through the sky above us is a massive, uh, indescent gas, our earthly home, a randomly formed satellite. Uh, these facts let you sleep at night, let you pretend to know what the world is all about when actually the sun is pulled across the heavens by a flaming chariot piloted by a god clad in the dust of the comets. Earthquakes are not just shifting of tectonic plates, but the wrestling of massive twin lizard demons fighting for control of the underworld. And the tides themselves rise and fall with the weeping of an immortal princess who sleeps beneath the shore awaiting her drowned lover's return. So, awesome. yeah, there are like heavy magics in play in this book. Um Great setup issue. Yeah, I agree. Um, I read this right before we started, and I, I'd seen in the the image books in the past couple of weeks the preview image of you know this this page or the the, the cover myth uh, mythic, and I thought it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, they give a little bit of a preview of what's coming. Um, they're 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 trying to solve a problem at the end of the issue. There's a drought going on, and uh, the explanation for the drought is is pretty funny. Um, one of the characters. Did something I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm interested to see where uh, see where this goes. Uh, like, I love this type of storytelling where it's like actually the world we live in is not really the world that you think you live in. Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, I love that theme in anything: movies, books, comics. Uh, so I'm definitely going to stay on this. Cool. Yeah. Now, are you ready for your uh, mea culpa? Yes. Thor number eight. I knew it all along, and I was just playing everyone. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I I love this series, and I think a lot of it. I mean, Jason Aaron is absolutely fantastic, but Russell Dowderman's art. I mean, we've talked about it in previous issues. Man, like he's like a superstar, I think, in the making. And this combination of the two of them makes this book shine more than I think if anybody else was on it. Like, I can't, I can't Definitely. picture, I can't picture a better thing. Like, Isad Ribic is doing amazing work, and we we didn't even talk about the art in Secret Wars, which is great. Um, and he did great work on Thor before this, but this, you know, with this, this new Thor, the, the, the change in tone, uh, tonally, um, with the colors and the pencils is, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So this is the last issue. I think this is the last issue with all the secret war stuff going on. This moves to Thor's correct plural. Um, we finally found out the identity of, of who Thor is and Rob and I, I mean, I, I can't blame him. I was, no, because I, I think I talked to you in, into it to an extent like i i really thought it was raz and I mean, they hinted at it they no they heavily heavily pushed towards it yeah and especially in in the last issue um so the last issue might have made me a little bit weary but i stuck with it and and now they they pulled the rug out from from under it all 
And the only reason, and again, spoilers right now, the only reason I didn't think it was Jane is because she for so long had refused magics to heal herself from her breast cancer. She has breast cancer. Yeah. Um, she didn't, she could have been fixed. She could have been fixed, you know, last series basically. So I, I just didn't put that out there. I don't, I don't know why, but. Well, I mean, in the last couple of issues, Thor's been running around with a list and he's crossing names off the list. And the first name he crosses off is Jane. Uh-huh. And that should have been. Yeah, that should have been the major tip off. Right? That should have been the tip off. Um, how do you feel about it? <clears throat> I like it a lot. Really? I, d I don't mind it. The only, and I'll tell you the only reason why I probably don't like it, but why don't you like it? It's not that I don't like it. I think I would have rather been Agent Solomon. I, I. I, I think like they were they were leaning that way and it would have been interesting. Um, like I haven't read a lot of stuff with Jane in it. Um, and at the end here, you know, it says, um, I am Dr. Jane Foster and I will not stop being the mighty Thor, uh -huh. even though it's killing me. Uh -huh. So being Thor isn't actually, it seems healing her cancer or, you know, postponing it, putting it, putting it away while she's Thor. It seems to be doing more damage to her. Um, I mean, I mean, that's if you think about it, you know, there, there are a couple of heroes who have had that type of thing before. The first thing that comes to mind, Captain is Venom, Marvel, Captain Marvel, Venom, Venom, the uh -huh. Soviet was eventually killing him. Um, so, I mean, well, no, Captain Marvel was just sick. His costume was uh, killing right, him. That's right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not against it in any way. I just, I, I thought I really like I at the end of last issue I was like they're they're hinting at it but this must really be it so I was surprised mm -hmm. by the Jane thing. Now, the, my only caveat with it is how much of it is them making a play towards a female Thor being in the Marvel movie universe, and now that it is Jane Foster, Foster now it could be Natalie Portman. Huh. I mean, sure. I didn't think of that, but I mean, if Natalie Portman wants to pick up the hammer, who am I to stop her? I mean, really. Um, mm -hmm. hey, hey, that could work. I'm, you know, this is a great book. I, Jason Aaron, you know, if he continues to write this after Secret Wars with her, because um, it, it looks like Jane's Jane's holding the hammer for a while. Oh yeah, uh, she's in the all new, all different Avengers. Um, you know, she was a, a, a force. She's an A force. She was a big part of Rage of Ultron. Uh -huh. which we still don't know is in continuality or not. Um, you're probably hearing the ice cream man go by my house. Sorry for that. Uh, I I love this book. Yep. Um, Beautiful. I I, I, gave, I gave it a second read and I, I thought it was just, it was great. I mean, I could just, I could look at this book without any words all day long. Sweet. Uh, now we're going to get into some like quick hits. Quickies. Uh, that we've been talking about. Actually, before we get into the real quick hits, I want to jump forward a bit. And I wanted to talk to you about Lantern City number one. Okay, I only have a quick thought, but you go. Well, just I had, I had read that this was coming out. Uh, people seem to like it. Um, it's a familiar theme. Like comics, all share familiar themes. Uh, the theme in this one is like there is a city, and the city is broken into classes, and the lowest class is the hardest working, and that's where mm -hmm. our main character is. And uh, you know. There's a political movement in the lower class. Like they're not allowed to assemble. You know, they're 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 not they're slaves without being slaves. Um, 
you know, they, they're at the end of their shifts, they're able to go home to their families, but they really don't get anything. And uh, our main character is a man who would love to see things change, but is so scared of what's going to happen to his family if he tries. Like, he, he'd rather not rock the boat. Even under extreme circumstances, he'd rather just, like, stay the course and be like, this is really bad, but we have each other. Um, but at the end, um, he he becomes the one to, um, you know, there's a there's a gathering of, of all the people in the lower class and they kill like the guards come to, to you know, kill all the people who are there. They kill this guard and uh, he takes the place of the guard because the guards don't take off their helmets. He's able to put on the helmet and now uh. he's going to be going into the inner workings of the upper class and, and try and and try and do damage there and, and, and change things from there. So, I mean, it's a common theme where it's the lower class fighting versus the higher, uh, the upper class. But I thought it was, you know, I thought it was different because usually it's, it's the person that you see speaking out the most who is trying to make that change. And here yeah. we have somebody who really does not want this responsibility, but it's being forced upon him. And now he realizes that he has to do this. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it, um, but my thing, and and it kind of shines in this, is that like for for a long time before Arkea was bought out by Boom, like Arkea just put out original graphic novels. Yep. Like, that was the thing. It's like days missing four or five a year. Yep. They they would just come out beautiful hardbound mm -hmm. all types of different formats paper type um and it, it was special and you would get these grand stories start to beginning um i i think this is one of those stories that that would have been better off you're probably right hitting all at once yeah. um because i could tell like reading the first issue it's going to be one of those things where now i'm going to let the rest stack up and because i just want to read it in in one shot i wonder why they decided to do that why they, they broke them down and put them into issues because like they need the constant money flow yeah yeah you're right yeah, boom is is a smaller studio so mm -hmm. that's probably why i just thought like it'd be great if they sure we own rk now but you just keep doing your thing you keep putting these things out and you know with boom is better known than Arkea, so they, they probably could have shined a bit of a, a spotlight on them even more than they uh -huh. originally had. Yeah, well, B Boom was more so, like then especially, the, a lot of kids' books. Yeah. Um, like they just started getting into their heavier, deeper books. And, I, and so, some of them are really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm a, I'm gonna, We talked about Comic-Con before, but I'm, I'm going to go to Comic-Con this year, and I'm going to buy a bunch of Boom number one trades. Awesome. Deep State is going to be there by that time, and uh, we'll see where our, our um, what did I talked about last week, Arkea. Yeah, Arkea always used to have huge sales at at Comic Con. So, like, buy one get one free, and Arcadia that was the name of the book. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm saying Arkea, yeah. the publisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would always have huge trade paperback sales, so, so uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But anyway, it was an interesting first issue. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, these are the these are the quickies. Yeah. Uh, you take uh, you take two and I'll take two. Well, you know what? Yeah, you you do Copperhead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about Copperhead really quick. Um, these are I, all really quick. I had mentioned uh, this book before. Um, this I, I read the first trade, liked it, and usually I would trade wait for something like this, but I I picked up uh, issue six, which was the start of a new story arc, and uh, I I liked it a lot and decided to keep with it. So issue seven continues. 
Um, this series for me is a lot like The Walking Dead. I don't care about anything that's going on other than the main character and a couple of the characters that I've met so far. Uh -huh. Like she's the sheriff. Um, that's great. There's there's an overarching theme to why she's moved to this planet, why she's in Copperhead, um, why she she's just up and left with her son. I'm interested to find out what's going on there. But all I really care about, like this issue, she's on her uh, on a date, and I thought it was it was engaging. Like I I, I like this main character. Um, I talked previously about the deputy with the insanely hard to uh, pronounce name, so everyone calls him Boo. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he might be like one of my new favorite characters in comics. He doesn't have a lot of page time, but when he shows up, it's special and it's funny. And like, this is this is sneaking into my like top ten for sure, and might end the year higher than that. So, um, if you like that type of stuff, if you like good character stuff, I would say read Copperhead. Uh huh. Awesome. Uh, then you have Silk number four, and this is pretty much. Leading up to, I guess, that they're going to do an end of day story concerning Secret Wars. But this is her, again, still finding her place in the world. Uh, last issue, Fantastic Four showed up. Uh, Peter had called them because he was worried. Um, I love the way she treats Peter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's like a brother-sister, yeah. you know, she beats the crap out of him kind of relationship. Um. But the thing I love about this is, you know, Mr. Fantastic does all his testing and it's like, look, you know, I, I can't find anything wrong with you. So, and this is what I really think it is. It's, you have an anxiety disorder. Yeah. And she doesn't know. She doesn't know how to deal with that. And that's a big part of anxiety is the unknown and like your body reacting to things that you don't know what they are. Um, like I have an absolutely huge anxiety disorder so i 100 percent can can relate to to everything spoken about anxiety in that issue um i love her her thought process she's like no i i can't have anxiety what are you talking about i'm i'm dancing yeah <laughs> people I'm, with anxiety don't dance uh-huh so uh it's again beautiful her still finding her place and it looks like we have a nice big showdown next issue with uh with black cat who yeah. has been a major part of of the storyline this is one of those books that needs to continue after secret wars yeah um and that we had mentioned this before but like i really thought spider Gwen was going to be the one for me like that i was going to love the most and it ended up being silk and uh silk they need to find a way to continue this book art story direction characters they're all great Yep, definitely. 100% uh, agree. Really quickly again, um, Darth <laughs> Vader continues to just knock it out of the park. Um, it's A lot of unexpected stuff, this yeah, issue. A, a lot of unexpected stuff. Um, we, we've talked, we've sung this book's praises a lot, and uh, there's slight humor in here. Um, there's a seriousness. There's some awesome space, space whales, which you kind of don't ever see, as far as I know, in the Star Wars universe um we'll, we'll get corrected on that I'm yeah i'm sure, sure but like I, i've i've never seen it um <clears throat> uh so i mean just really cool stuff and again we we definitely recommend darth vader yes and lastly oh man oh man howard the duck continues to be like laugh out loud um so <laughs> the amulet that that howard has been hired to go find uh 
got stolen from him last issue by Aunt May. And a gun wielding cursing Aunt May. Correct, yeah. So I love how it turned out to be the ringmaster. For for one big fact, uh, when I was younger and I was first buying comics, I was six, seven years old. Um, I was always allowed to pick one new book, one old book. Okay. So my first time going into a comic store, I had picked up the second appearance, uh, the first appearance of Hobgoblin. So that was in the Amazing Spider-Man run. And then there used to be Spidey Super Stories, which was based off of the Electric Company TV show. Okay. And in that particular issue, it had the Ringmaster and the Circus of Crime. Um, so he's always stuck in my head as this like cheesy, like as this character in this book right here gotcha. is how I've always portrayed him. So anyone who ever tries to do a serious Ringmaster. Doesn't work for you? No. Gotcha. Not at all. Cool. Um, <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, it's it's this has taken the place of... Uh, Superior foes of Spider-Man. Uh, and as far as like that, just, you know, you sit down and you laugh. Uh, the, the They have a running theme, which is just make fun of Spider-Man every possible way. And this was the one that, Rob, you actually said you laughed out loud at at, at the scene this, I did. this week. Because, you know, in the first issue when uh, Howard gets like beamed onto the ship and Spidey thinks he's dead and he goes up to like the burnt scorched ground and he's like, Uncle Ben, no, yeah. you know. I, I thought it was just weird and out of place, um, you know, and, and, and I sat there and I just looked and I was like, okay, you know, that is, that is just really, really weird. So in this issue though, they do a call back to that. Um, Howard takes Aunt May to, to go try and figure out what the hell is going on. And uh, she had previously been on the phone with Peter. So she leaves the phone and the flowers on the ground and you see Spidey swing in uh, from off panel and he sees the stuff laying there and again, same pose on the Ball ground. <laughs> Aunt May, no. Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> <laughs> that was so great though. That was perfect. I think the, the line that I laughed the hardest at, and I did laugh at that other one, this one though, <laughs> Howard's knocked out and knocked out and he's waking up and you just see She-Hulk standing over there. He's like, Howard, it's me, She-Hulk, your only friend. For some reason, that just like yeah. struck me, you know, total deadpan Jennifer saying that line. So, I mean, oh, uh, man, another oh, man. surprise for me. I mean, it shouldn't be with the Chip Zdarsky writing it, but it's uh, it's funny and uh, I enjoy reading it every week. I always say it for last because it's just it, it's good for a laugh right before I stop reading. And then, uh, yeah, you're looking at the, the, the cover top. quote is uh, my favorite comic currently published by Marvel Comics. And it's Chip. Yeah, Chip wrote that one. Yeah. No, actually, it's Chirp. Chirp Zadorsky. All right, then. <laughs> uh, one last quick hit. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about events lately um, with uh, Convergence and Secret Wars going on. Rob and I wanted to shine a spotlight on one that we had kind of brought in last week, uh, one that we really enjoyed, and that is uh, Forever Evil uh, by DC Comics, um, their last big event before Convergence, I'll say. Correct, yeah. And the reason why we're bringing it up is that the paperback version came out this this week so yes, i've had this hardcover for six months seven months and now the paperback is like oh hey we're dc's gotta gotta get on that even yeah. with just bringing hardcovers out fast they're, they're slow forever uh -huh. um forever evil uh, for those who may be new to comics don't really know um the bad guys gotta save the day 
Um, there are some really, really, really bad guys, and um, the Captain Colds and Lex Luthers of the world. They, they've got to, they've got to do something to stop these guys because the heroes, uh, for reasons into the book, are nowhere to be found. Uh, it was seven issues. Uh, Jeff Johns writing, David Finch on art, and uh, it's really good. And with a trade paperback coming out, I think in the last week or so, it might have been last week, could be this one. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, it's definitely worth a read. If you're not a person into events, this is very self-contained. Uh, it the is. Seven issues. You don't need to read anything else other than these seven issues to get the idea of the story. Mm -mm. And uh, it sets the stage for the stuff in Justice League that happened afterwards. Um, so we recommend uh, everyone give Forever Evil a shot. Yep. And that's going to do it for us. Uh, some housekeeping before we get out of here. We are Backup Stories. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Backup Stories. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Jorok, J-O-R-O-A-K. And I'm at Dusk1020. Every week, Rob and I are on the Talking Games podcast. You can follow us over there at Talking Games. This week, it was just a solo show with uh, me and Steve, a little one-on-one. -on -one. A solo show with two people? Yeah, a solo no. show with two people. <laughs> and this coming week... Uh, I'll finally be able to talk about my my new computer. Oh yes, right. That yes. I've I've built and now now I am a PC master race. I guess. God, <laughs> I'm no. kidding. Um. So yeah, definitely uh, tune us uh, tune into us over there. Uh, mm -hmm. You could also download an audio version of the show. Uh, Talking Comics Special Edition uh, is a new feed uh, for uh, us and for Comics and Coffee, which Bobby hosts every Friday. Uh, this one's a little bit late getting to you guys. Apologize. Some things got in the way we couldn't, uh, couldn't get out of the way of. Uh, but we will be back next Friday. And until then, we'll see you later. Take care. <laughs>